to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 264 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vince? What's going on, brother? You know, there was a big speech this weekend that kind of took the headlines in boxing about kings and rising from the ashes. Uh, I believe we saw that from the true, true king of boxing last night when Ramon Chakla Tito Gonzalez did the deal. Oh, absolutely, man. What a throwback vintage performance. Uh, by an all-time great. And I think uh, uh, Christina Poncher uh, said it the best, right? Um, she said she missed Roy Jones Jr. saying his name, Chocolate Tito. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when Roy would say, oh, Chocolate Tito. I miss Roy and Bernard for all their name pronouncing. That shit was awesome. Oh, yeah. Anytime you watch one of these DAZN cards, you just, you know, you got to get past the, uh, the uh, just, dude, last night was... To another level, Brian Kenny fanboying over Julio Cesar Martinez was, it actually, in my opinion, kind of diminished what we were watching in the ring. Well, it's distracting. <laughs> Could you just stop talking for just a, a few seconds? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Could seriously. we just enjoy the action? Um, I would like to try this time. <laughs> Can I try to figure it out? <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> Never fails. I will say this, though. Um, for all of those... Uh, those little uh, idiosyncratic moments. Um, it was a pretty good fight card, man, and I enjoyed oh, yeah. it. it. You know, for look, any time that you can sit down in front of the television for four hours and watch a boxing card from beginning to end um, and be entertained. Now we'll get to the main event from last night on the zone. Yeah. Um, I definitely switched over to. Uh, I think I am on. Episode 16, Season 3 of The Office. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take Michael Scott over Ducky Garcia (laughs) (laughs) any day of the week. Jesus. (laughs) Dwight Schrute. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The episode where they they fight each other in the karate dojo. Do you remember that? I don't remember that one. (laughs) Go back and watch it. (laughs) Fucking awesome. Uh, All right. Back to the lecture at hand. Uh, We appreciate all of you tuning in to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Please subscribe to the show. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere you can get an audio podcast. And thank you all for watching uh, the Boxing Rant Podcast on our YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out yet, drop by the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and subscribe to the show today. We appreciate all of the awesome reviews that you've been giving the show on um, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Um, so we appreciate that. Keep it up. And, uh, you know, give us a follow on social media at The Boxing Rant on Facebook, Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right. So we got the DAZN fight card to get to. We got some news and notes, including a, um, a pretty exciting uh, uh, fight card announcement um, for April 17th here in, in, in the local Washington, D.C. metropolitan area uh, that we will be attending. And, of course, everything surrounding the world of the weird uh, with Deontay Wilder. Um, but let's get to the post-fight from last night, Vin. Um, it was the return of the king. And every- What? You guys are bypassing the main event and going to the co-feature? Yes, indeed. Yes, we are. Um, as Cal Yafai, um put his WBA super flyweight title on the line against Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, um, the four-time champion of the world, all-time great. Um, it took a year off from the sport. 
you know, during his career, um, at least the uh, the part that was thrust into uh, the American spotlight on HBO as a co-feature to Gennady Golovkin um, during that fun ride. Mm. Um, Chocolatito was known <clears throat> throughout the business. You always saw him wearing a trash bag in the week lead up to a fight. And he was known to be a guy that did not, um, let's just say he hung out with Adrian Broner at the buffet. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and he could do it when he was younger. He's just one of those guys, man. You see, dude, I know dudes like that are even still our age today, almost 40 years old, that are like a garbage disposal, right? They just put anything they they want, and they never gain any weight. Crushing five Mountain Dews a day and (laughs) all kinds of shit. Yes, nonstop extra value meals, supersize me. Um, (laughs) You know, and look, you know, that kind of, um, uh, you know, way to go about it, man, and, you know, trying to burn weight. And, you know, we know how age can affect these smaller weight classes. It just wasn't a recipe for, for, uh, for durability. Mm-mm. You know, the fighting style that Chocolatito, um, you know, has fought in, just this, this constant pressure, constant, you know, aggressive, uh, you know, style, just high output puncher. Um, he took the year off after the, uh, you know, the Rung Vasai fights and, you know, was able to regroup. Um, and realize that if he wants to continue in the fight game and be at a high level, that he's going to have to make some changes and really came into this fight. I mean, just looking better, you know, physically looking better. He didn't have that, that tired fighter look, you know, look on his face anymore. And after, you know, the first round of sort of feeling out or whatever, you saw what we have described a very, uh, you know, small handful of fighters, um, you know, over the last 10, 20 years, these guys that are just, they just build momentum and they build momentum and they build momentum. And you just start seeing Chocolatito finding his spots and finding his spots. And Cal Yafai, you know, showing to me, his, you know, the limitations that I thought he's always had. Yep. I mean, there's a reason why Yafai was never thrust into any spotlight. You know what I mean? Because the guy could only fight a certain level of competition. You know, we saw this with Jojo Diaz's last opponent, Tevin Farmer. You know, there's just some of these guys that are out there good enough to get a belt right. um, but can really only fight with it, you know, at, at certain levels. And that's not a knock on Cal Yafai. He's a world champion. He's defended his belt a couple times. But Chocolatito showed. And th- this wasn't so much a throwback performance that I think a lot of people – we're trying to make this where it was like Nonito Donaire, like dug deep one final time. There was a lot more that went into Nonito Donaire being able to put up that performance against Niowa in a way mm-hmm. than just him being able to harness his innate uh, superstar Hall of Fame uh, boxing abilities. A lot of that had to do with him fighting at the proper weight class. Yep. You know, he was moonlighting at 126 pounds where he did not belong at all. Um, Chocolatito is is much different. This is a weight class that many people thought that he should have never went to at 115 pounds, right. and in doing so was able to make some history, right? Um, but the performance that he put on last night was virtuoso, and people that are still trying to hang their hats on the fact that they missed the like the actual prime of this guy's career, last night you got a taste of it, and as a diehard boxing fan and a huge fan of Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, man, that was fucking awesome. What did you say after the fight? It was like watching Rambo or something. What did you say? <laughs> oh, it was like watching the last Rambo. It's like that one last like fucking Sylvester Stallone like kicking yeah. everybody's ass. Uh, look, I mean, it, what's the the best part about watching him fight is to and and truly appreciating what he does is he never does anything just to do it. Like he doesn't just throw a jab out there just to throw a punch. Yeah. It's always something that leads to something that leads to something else. 
that leads to something else, that puts a guy in this position, that creates this angle, that opens up this shot. And it's just a thing of beauty. And you really, like, you have to know what you're watching to truly appreciate it. Like, I, I kind of liken it to, like, when I try to watch UFC and it goes to the ground. I have no fucking idea what's happening. Yeah, me either. But there's people who know what's happening and they appreciate the shit out of some guys that know how to control those holds and put guys where they want to put them to be able to get off what they want to get off. That's what Chocolatito does better than anybody. Better than anybody that I've watched box in my lifetime of watching boxing. Like, I'm not talking about going, like, the fighters that from when I started watching to now, my entire life of watching boxing. Yeah, from the 90s to today. There's nobody that does it like he does it. I'm sorry. And even after this layoff and the kind of destructive losses that he took against Sor Rungvisai at the end there, it was just, ah, I can't describe the fucking joy it was to actually fucking see it again. And to see it to a certain level where you go, shit, this motherfucker might have a couple more left in him. Oh, he yeah. might have two or three left in him. And then you start thinking about, holy shit, we might get an Estrada rematch that we thought was that was dead and gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the possibilities have opened up now, and obviously, obviously, he's at the advanced age. We've seen the deterioration before. It, it, it could end in the next fight. It could be all, This ride could be all over. But the ride has, has just begun again, and I'm strapped in. I'm fucking ready for it, and I, I, I couldn't have been happier to have, to have gotten the performance we got as a fight fan last night. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, look, I, I think a lot hinges on how long this ride lasts, you know, is, is based on, you know, what I was talking about in that intro there. Right. About the way that he trains for these fights and takes care of himself, you know. Um, yeah, dude, it wasn't just a, a, a great performance. He didn't win a close decision against a, a, a bigger world champion. Right. Dude, he went out there... And fucking dominated. That was a dominant. Look, for people that are not as familiar with Chocolatito, right? And they saw him come into the ring and it's like, ah, he looks a little older. He's definitely a lot smaller. I bet you they were fucking shocked by the way that that thing ended. That little motherfucker just destroyed Calify. I mean, Calify went back to the corner in that uh, right before that final round and was like, I'm tired, man. He, he, There's no way he could have expected. Like, it's one of those things when you watch it on TV, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, wow, man, that's intense. That is, that's rapid fire. That's a lot of, a lot of punches. I don't think that Cal Yafai has been ringside for many Chocolatito fights because it was almost like he was like, holy shit, stop doing that to me. <laughs> like, I, th- I think a lot of it boils down to Eddie Hearn and Cal Yafai's team thinking that he's ripe for the picking. And we just need to go in and do our thing, and we'll be able to get rid of the old man, and we'll put a little little notch on our belt. We got we got the king. We got Chocolatito on our resume now. Now we can go to bigger and better things. No, no, no. How, how amazing is it when you're watching a fight and you're being it's being jammed down your throat by uninformed announcers about what is about to happen for the first two or three rounds yeah. because they followed that Eddie Hearn narrative. They stuck to script that this was going to be a a putover fight for Calify, that this was going to be a coronation for him nope. as a legit champion and he was going to get that Chocolatito notch on his belt. How quickly did that narrative change and they were all like Oh, well, I guess we can throw the script out the door. <laughs> I mean, Cal Yafai basically, for all intents and purposes, lost his last fight. He, he, got a, he got a gift decision, in my opinion, 
And he's never really been like he's he's a decent boxer and he's been able to box his way to to very boring wins throughout his reign and 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 his rise. He's never really shown anything. And when you when we talk about it all the fucking time on the show, when you have been put in with the opponents that he's been put in with and been as inactive kind of as he has been over the last couple years. You don't add any layers to your game. No, you add nothing, and then you come in against a guy who's re-motivated, reinvigorated, wants to make one last run, and possesses the skills that, that Chocolatito possesses. You stand zero fucking chance. Yeah. And it was apparent after two rounds. It was like, well, this is only a matter of time because this is a destruction going on right now. Yeah, it was a total beatdown, man. And, uh, dude, a great performance. And, look, it was it was a time for, um, you know, most people that 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 cover the sport or, or put enough time in it to do what we do and to constantly talk about the sport as it's ever-changing and just moving along and, and making commentary – um, about uh, what's going on in boxing, you know, you you don't put that kind of time into into doing this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about it before. I mean, we just we do this for fun. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And we do it for fun because of people like Chocolatito. Because when you get to see stuff like that, it, it reminds you why you are a diehard boxing fan to begin with. It makes you it makes you a, 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 you know appreciate. Why you became a, a boxing fan? It makes you sit there and just want to take a big old steaming dump all over just the fucking haters, the fanagers. You know what I mean? It was the perfect palate cleanser. Oh my god! For the just the absolute circus and ri- world of ridiculousness that Deontay Wilder created in the wake of his loss to Tyson Fury. Yep. It was perfect. You know what I'm saying? It was it was very much like, but different, but different. We're talking about legendary uh, fighter, uh, diehard fans getting their rocks off, fanboying it up. But it was a palate cleanser in the in the in the same sense of watching Canelo Alvarez send James Kirkland to heaven in front of forty thousand people yep. at the Houston Astros Stadium the week after. Uh, was it was it Mayweather Pacquiao? Yeah, it was. It was, it was May Pack. That was that was the return bout. It was like, thank God. Yeah, let's hit reset. Yeah, <laughs> We're, we can forget about that nonsense. All right, take a deep breath. Boxing's actually fun, <laughs> right? Yeah, and you're right because all that, all the shit in the wake of the of the Wilder Fury fight was, you know, it had been so much. It had kind of gotten annoying. It was a great fight, and it lived up to all the all the hype and all that shit. But it was just nice to be like, look, I remember. This fucking guy is outstanding, and yeah. this is why I love boxing to get performances like we got. When it's just, it, it's hard to put into words how fucking good that guy is. Yeah, like it's it's not even like it's not close. It is not close with anybody in boxing today, and anybody in boxing when he was in his prime. The guy is the best operator in the ring. Period. Hands down. I don't even want to fucking have an argument with anybody about it. It's just not. It's 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 it. I mean, the guy is fucking unbelievable. What did I say in my tweet after the fight last night? It just came to me as being just uh, uh, the definition of Chocolatito, relentless perfection. Yeah. You he, know what I'm he saying? He puts so much like that. Yafai being so tired in the ninth round is be, not only because he puts that physical pressure, but that mental pressure is like no other. You have constantly be got, got to be thinking about well, what do, how, how, how the fuck am I going to defense this? What am I doing? And, and while you're thinking... 
he's fucking you up. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't know where to take a breath, and you can't take one. Who who was it that said, oh, it was Brandon Rios when he fought Manny Pacquiao. Remember he said it was like fighting an octopus. Exactly. <laughs> Same type of shit right there. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, man, the return of the king. So many possibilities. Um, you know, he'll fight. He said he wants to unify. He'll fight any of the belt holders. But, yeah, I completely agree. I think that uh, – um, the Estrada Chocolatito rematch. You know, I know it's years after their first fight, but the first fight was so good. Yeah, and Estrada was a little younger in that fight, and and Chocolatito was a high speed freight train in the prime of his career for that fight. That was peak of his powers, exactly. And I think Estrada has gotten some good experience along the way. But what makes the Estrada Chocolatito fight to me even just still a great fight today? is that Estrada has this tendency to sort of let things play out for the first half of fights, yep. and you cannot do that against Chocolatito, which no matter where Estrada is in the peak of his powers compared to where Chocolatito was, whether this was a one-off or he can harness this for three or four more fights and right off into the sunset, I give Chocolatito a pretty damn good chance of winning that fight just because it's cliché. We we've shit on the saying in the past, but it fits so it like it it just it just fits styles make fights and yeah. and that is a a clash of two styles that I think were made for each other. Oh, absolutely, and and you can't do what Mikey Garcia did last night, which is give away the first four rounds. Like here you go, have them. You can't do that against Chocolatito. So if Estrada comes in with that game plan and that's where he's he wants to dig out of a hole against Chocolatito. Good luck with that, sir. Yeah. Good, good luck. Yeah, good luck stopping that boulder from rolling downhill on <laughs> right. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll just let it get a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. Uh, always great to start off the show with a little bit of fanboying. Yes, absolutely. So if you all didn't like it, suck a D. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the main event, Vin. It's uh, Mikey Garcia versus Jesse Vargas. Um, you know, this was billed as Mikey has been written off by everybody and he is here to show whether or not he belongs in the welterweight division. Um, I'll say this. It was a close fight. Like we said it was going to be. Your your commentary in the preview about how the hell is this a 6-1 to one fight, it was definitely closer to a uh, 50-50 fight. Vargas came out well, got hit on the temple, got his eggs scrambled a little bit. Um, Mikey Garcia capitalized on that. Yep. Mikey Garcia wore down a little bit at the end of that fight. Vargas got a second win in the in the championship rounds of that fight. Uh, drew it back a little bit closer. I, I think between the 114, 113, 116, 111 cards, anywhere, I'm, I'm okay with all of that. Right. Um, you know what I came out of this uh, with, with Mikey Garcia? I wasn't one of those people that was sitting there after you know the third round saying, oh, Mikey doesn't belong at welterweight. Uh, that is a definitive statement, and yeah. that I can tell that just by watching the first uh, seven minutes of the fight. Right. right, and I wasn't one of those people that when he put Vargas on the ground was like, "Oh, he can beat Spence in a rematch," <laughs> like some other people were. Right, I was watching some of the nuanced stuff. I, I saw this camera angle where it looked like the 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 fight was being filmed underneath the lowest rope like like right on the canvas right looking up at the fight right. and it was at, at, it was at an angle where Garcia had Vargas pinned up against the ropes and he was throwing just you know he 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 was going for the kill right and what i noticed with with Mikey Garcia is is that his variety of punching is extremely limited okay he's very good at what he does oh yeah right and he's very good at the one two 
as long as there's no chance of him getting hurt, he'll just be a bull in the china shop. He'll just come forward and come very rigid, very strong, very confident. There's no hesitation behind that one-two. But, man, from that angle that I'm watching this flurry happen, the only thing I can notice is he has ridiculously short arms for a welterweight. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this is pretty amazing what I'm watching. I'm watching a guy that, like, I, I, I do think that he's good. As we said that in the preview. I do think that he's solid. But like you said, you hit the nail on the head. If you want to fight above the Jesse Vargas level, if you want to get up to the elite of the elite, with the limitations in size and in power at 140, and just like a, just a, uh, whether it be your, the athleticism mm-hmm. of, your, of your lower body, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, if you're going to overcome those disadvantages, you better bring something spectacular up with you. And that's what I did not see. I saw a solid performance by Mikey Garcia. Um, I saw kind of what I, how I thought the fight was going to go, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. I, I don't know, though, if he's capable. I mean, he, he couldn't put him away. I mean, there was nothing there. There was no, there was no whip down to the horse saying, giddy up at the end, let, you know, let's push this thing to the finish line. I saw a guy that came out of the gates a little slow, watched the rest of the pack kind of pass him, then got out to a, a big lead, and then everybody called him at the finish line. Yeah. I, I, it, it was certainly not a performance to get excited about. I think it was solid. It was solid. Uh, you saw some good things. What I did notice was he looked, he looked his power looked better. He looked like he was able to get off his shots. He was able to hurt Vargas a number of times in the fight. He but, looked stronger. Yeah, he looked stronger. He looked like maybe, you know, it took a little time to kind of, I want to say, grow into the weight because he walks around probably way heavier than that to begin with. So I think I heard that statement like during the fight. I think Manic said, it's, it's taken him a while to grow into this weight. And it's like, well. I'm pretty sure he walks around at probably like 155, 160. Well, dude, that would be like me, okay, at, at, at 225 pounds, right, being muscular and ripped and in shape at 225. Right. I would be enormous. Yes. But being short and fat at 225 pounds, it looks completely different. <laughs> Throws off your center of gravity a little bit. <laughs> it does. It does. It hurts to bend down and tie your shoes. Yeah, but I am fucking sturdy. I got a low center of gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, Mikey Garcia, I, I, I do think that he can compete at welterweight. I, I think he can, can compete with anybody. He possesses enough skills to do that. I just don't think he can beat the top four or five welterweights in the world. Um, if you're going to fight Manny Pacquiao, if that's where where it's going, and for Christ's sake, that's, I mean, it, it already seems like it's been written. Right. Pacquiao-Garcia going to Saudi Arabia. Both of them going to get big money t- to do it. Here would be my here would be what I would say about him fighting Pacquiao. He's got a chance because he's got the kind of style, counter-punching, big right hand that, that could, could give Pacquiao problems. But I must put it to you like this Keith Thurman landed some big right hands against Pacquiao he didn't even fucking hurt him at all Mikey Garcia does not punch harder than Keith Thurman so I don't know how he gets the respect he doesn't have the quickness and the speed and yes Pacquiao is old and everything is is deteriorating when it comes to him but he's savvy enough and he knows how to win rounds now he's kind of adapted his style I you know I 
I'm here for the fight. I'd, I'd like I'd like to see it, but I just I don't give Mikey Garcia a very good chance at winning it. I really don't. No, no, because like you know, like Mikey Garcia is just he's a little too one dimensional for me. He is very solid, and he's very like what he does well is nice to watch. Yes, because it's like wow, he's it's very repeatable. I mean, you can tell the guy really works on his craft. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. You know what I mean? If your craft is, I don't know, like, like you could be the guy that designs the house, or you could be the guy that puts up the like the studs in the wall. And, and Pacquiao's the guy that designs the house. Mikey Garcia is the guy that can make the stud plumb, finishes the drywall. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he just repeats that same thing all day long. Right. It's a horrible analogy, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I I also think that uh, fucking Chocolatito just stole the show, man. Oh, he did. He he you know absolutely. I mean? After that performance, was like I don't even really care what happens in this fight. Nope, no <laughs> shots left in the chambers after that one. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> the pipes were cleaned after that one. <laughs> Busy wiping wiping up the floor, <laughs> pulling my pants back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's move on then. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Um. I guess in the pre-co feature, uh, the second fight on the card, um, Julio Cesar Martinez versus Jay Harris, the WBC flyweight title on the line. I'll go ahead and just come out and say it. Um, slept on Harris a little bit, a little tougher than I thought. Did not expect him. When Martinez hit him with the first couple combinations, I was like, "Oh, this kid, he looks so skinny and he's just going to he's just going to get pulverized here." But he took some big shots in that first round like in the first 45 seconds and then was like, "All right, I guess I'm going to have to fight back really hard." Yeah. And I was so, I was really shocked um at the medal that Jay Harris had in this fight. I'll say this about Julio Cesar Martinez. Okay, they're calling him Ray Martinez now. Okay. Another one of these fighters that introduces his nickname fucking 30 fights into his career. <laughs> Rigondia. <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> one of those. Or like or like Golovkin is like, "No, my na- <laughs> You guys have known me for 20 years, but that's not how I spell my name." <laughs> There's an I in there. There's an I, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, so look, I think I was having trouble reconciling what my eyes were watching and listening to the uh, the the lack of lubrication that Brian Kenny had while he was wanking under the table. <laughs> there was a friction. Yeah, was, that, you could feel the heat coming through the TV. <laughs> exactly, because what he was saying about Martinez through this entire fight was a guy that sounded to me like he learned about Julio Cesar Martinez drunk at a bar one night and was just repeating what somebody else said oh dude you got to see this guy this guy's amazing you got to watch this guy this guy's amazing well what does he do he's amazing but what's he do best he's a stop he's amazing (laughs) i love this guy i mean he's a virtuoso he's a and here's what i saw i saw a guy that is very very talented that also has a lazy streak to him Standing completely flat-footed, squared up, squared up, and was like, "Okay, go ahead, you you go." And Harris would hit him, piece him up a little bit, and then he would throw back. And then once Harris started moving at the back half of that fight a little bit, yeah, Martinez had no way to get to him. I'm just sitting here watching this guy going, "This is not look. It's not taking." I think if Brian Kenny is not wanking so hard during that performance, then maybe I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, wow, but it didn't match up to what he was saying. 
And I know the DAZN crew is really grasping for straws nowadays. I, I get it. They're, yeah, they're looking for for somebody to put over. They're and they're yeah. It's it's just really really bad. It just didn't match up. And I I, I saw a guy to me that is extremely flawed. I, I you know I mean he's he's exciting. He's athletic. He's powerful. He clearly has a great chin because nothing Jay Harris threw at him even changed his demeanor or disposition. He was like kind of like all right, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but guess what. You keep getting involved in fights like that. That's gonna be that. That's gonna that candle's gonna burn out quick. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Here's what I'd say: the guys, the entertainment value that he provides as a fight fan is it's elite. Oh <laughs> it's, yeah, it was, it was a great it, fight it, to watch. Any fight he's involved in is gonna be must see for any boxing fan because he's he's there to fight. And I, you know what? You said it earlier. That first round, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, Jay Harris is going to get fucking destroyed like I kind of assumed would happen. I did not expect to see that that kid put on that type of performance and and basically prove that, hey, I belong up here with these guys too. I, I don't think that's the last we see of Jay Harris by any means. I, I, that kid has legit skills. It's Julio Cesar Martinez is just one of those guys that, it's like, hey, if he's on, every every boxing fan's going to fucking tune in because the guy's kind of a buzzsaw. It's awkward. It's like Javier Fortuna on crack is what, <laughs> is, is what it is. It's like nonstop. It's coming from all angles. It's very awkward. It's not something you anybody's going to teach anybody how to fight that way. That's just how he does it. And it's fun to watch. But, I, you know, I think we better enjoy it while it lasts because I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Yeah, I mean, you know, fortunately for, you know, most of the 112-pound division, um, it's not exactly a murderer's row of punchers. No. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of knockout power there. He's, You know what he is? I made that other comparison. He's, he's almost at like a super sloppy, 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 sloppy version of Chocolatito. <laughs> like he wanted to fight like Chocolatito, yeah. but he's just very sloppy at it. Yeah, well, and I would say, um, and the opposite of Chocolatito's footwork. <laughs> yeah, Because Martinez has none. No, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but, dude, exciting. You know what I mean? I, I, was, I think everybody was, uh, was pleasantly surprised uh, with Jay Harris putting up the fight that he did. That's it, fight of the year right now, probably. Probably. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, Chocolatito's fight of everything of the year. <laughs> right. Yeah, fighter of the year in the book. Right. Hey. A fucking fighter of the decade. I don't care what anybody says. You got to fight for more than half of the decade to win that award <sighs> on this show, where it's the only awards that matter. Yes, exactly. Thank Period. you. Period. <laughs> this is a two man panel, and if you don't like the fucking decisions, well, yeah, there's again, no, there's no tiebreaker. There's no votes. We don't. If we don't agree, I just kick Ken's ass and we make my pick. <laughs> <laughs> we make Vince pick. Uh, there was a day where I could outrun Vin. Yeah, not anymore. I, you might be able to outrun me now. From here to the camera, maybe. <laughs> Definitely from here to the buffet. <laughs> I, might be, I might just say, fuck it, and just kind of come off the top rope on you. we got to see what your box-out skills are like. <laughs> I used to be a mean box-out back in the day. Yeah, we'll see when you get in front of that fucking, <laughs> fucking all-you-can-eat shrimp at the Golden Corral. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, let's get to the first fight of the uh of the main card um joseph parker it, pretty odd to see a former heavyweight champion of the world um in the lead off the the fourth fight from the main event yeah it was a little strange um he's been off for a little while 
Yes, he has. Um, so the uh, the Islander uh, Joseph Parker, um, aka King of All Burgers, <laughs> the Burger King himself, uh, Joseph Parker, aka Robin to Tyson Fury's Batman, um, taking on Shondell Winters. Uh, I'll say this: Joseph Parker looked big in this fight. Yeah, bigger than normal. Yeah, um, Joseph Parker. Didn't really care about defense at all in this fight. No. Um, he went Chisora style, didn't he? He did. Shondell uh, Parker uh, Winters. <laughs> <laughs> Shondell Parker Winters. Uh, <laughs> Is that a hyphen in there? You taking his wife's name? Jesus Christ. Don't ever a- look back at the rundown when you're trying to say something you forgot. You're just going <laughs> to pick something. Um, he was tiny, man. I, I I almost tweeted out, but I just kind of kept it to myself and, and laughed a little bit. Um, he kind of looked like a middleweight. <laughs> In the ring with 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 Parker, I, look, I thought Parker's aggression was nice. It was good to see him go in there and be aggressive. But dude, man, he just his defense was so lazy because he's like, this guy can't hurt me. Exactly. Man. Is that the type of fight that he needs right now? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's trying to get ready for Usyk. Let me fight this fast guy. Uh, it, to me, it looked like he's trying to get ready for Derek Chisora with, with that style. Honestly, because. When we saw Parker fight, kind of at the, you know, he had a, I think he's almost had a year off, maybe even a little bit more than that. He was boxing and moving and fighting in very boring fights. Not like we saw him fight when he was coming up. He was kind of a get at you, un- unleash a barrage of quick punches type of fighter and get you out of there. This style is not something that that bodes well for him against Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. Or... I'd much rather see him fight like this against Joshua than the way he fought him. Oh, yeah. That I, was a tragic performance. I, yeah. To, for his t- team and camp to think that was the right strategy in that fight blew my mind. I can never. It, it's the same strategy that Miguel Cotto used against Canelo Alvarez. Gonna just stay right here. Yeah. Um, don't don't hit me too hard. Okay. I'm gonna let you win. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you gave yourself no chance from the start of the fight fighting like that. I, I will never. That was one of those performances. I thought I gave Joseph Parker a really good chance to win that fight, and that performance was like, dude, I don't know. It made me think Joseph Parker needs to surround himself with a new team, and I still believe that to be true. He's had, he's had the same group of people around him forever. At a certain point in a fighter's career, shit goes stale, and you need to change it up a little bit. Uh, you know, he's not going to at this point. Joseph Parker is going to be what he is. He'll he'll probably get a shot at another title or two, and he might beat the likes of the bottom half of the top ten. But he's just not good enough to to regain a belt, in my opinion. No, I think he he, he fits right in there with, um, you know. The Dillian Whites. And below. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, Joseph Parker um, does what he should have done. I'm glad he didn't play with his food. I'll just put it to yeah. you like that. Yep. All right. So that'll do it. Um, the post fight from Frisco, Texas. It was a uh, um, a really good card top to bottom. Best card of the year. Not not even close. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's get to the news and notes. Ooh. Let's, uh, let's get to the world of the weird. Yeah. You know, look, man, I just want to put this out here real quick before we get into this. All right, I'm not interested in this dragging into another week or week and a half and falling down the endless rabbit hole of beating on Deontay Wilder just relentlessly and just coming up yeah. with zinger after zinger after zinger. That got old real quick. Real fucking quick, man. Um, look, 
it was I think both of us stated our opinions on on what happened in the aftermath. Tyson uh, I'm sorry, Deontay Wilder was his own worst enemy in the aftermath of the, of his loss to to Tyson Fury. It was one excuse after another and the excuses became more and more ridiculous from the suit that, you know, his costume that he wore to the ring took, you know, completely destroyed his legs to this conspiracy theory where somehow Sugar Hill was able to use the force and was able to get Anthony Durrell to then use the force on uh, Mark Breland to throw in the towel to then the accusation of tampered gloves. And I'm thinking the tampered gloves thing was funny because I'm sitting here thinking, did anybody else notice the mysterious FedEx package that arrived in the locker room of Deontay Wilder? And these mysterious gloves came out of this thing. A sealed, like, hold on a second. So this is the first time. Where's Bob Bennett to inspect the mysterious gloves? (laughs) I remember we were watching the fucking fight. I said, what is happening here? Why are they showing this? Uh, unbelievable, but it's just one thing after the other, and then the video, okay, that he released, uh, I guess yesterday or the day before, um, it was, I think it was on Friday night, late Friday night, he uh, releases this video, and it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my entire life. This is all coming off of the cusp of you know, and it's 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 very insulting. I, I don't take it personally, but I'm saying it's insulting to people that that invest time in watching sports and they 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 have like they can see what's going on in front of them, right? Right. What happened in the ring with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder was pretty fucking simple, right? Yes. Deontay Wilder was batted around the ring like a shuttlecock. Okay, he it was like a game of badminton. Literally, mm-hmm. he got pounded. He got beaten very badly. The beating itself was so surprising, but it was what it was, and it was so clear as day that there was just no answer. Not only was there no answer, Deontay Wilder really didn't put up much of a fight in response to it. No. Okay? Not that I'm saying that his eggs weren't scrambled to the degree where he would have been able to anyways, but here's the thing. In the immediacy of the fight, we were the first ones out with the podcast right after the fight, right? Right. So we had the fresh perspective, and we got it out onto the airwaves. Shit, I would have waited till Wednesday if I'd have known all this stuff was going to come out. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So our perspective was is what we heard from him in the ring after the fight. No excuses. The better man won. Right. Right? And I thought that I was like, okay, respect for Deontay Wilder. Wow, I'm surprised he wanted to go out on a shield like that. Wow, this dude's fucking tough as nails to be able to take that kind of beating. Boy, did that get fucking kicked to the curb real quick. Uh, yeah, I, I, you got it. Like, what was the point of any of that? Like, if here's what I'll say about that video that he made. Like, had, had he not said anything about the costume and all, made all the excuses prior to putting out that video... That video would have came off a lot better. But afterwards, it's like, I don't know, dude. You already said all this stupid, really just asinine shit that makes you look bad. Then you come out and do this really weird video that somehow, it's like, am I watching a Marvel movie? Is this guy in the Black Panther? I don't understand. Like, why is all of what he seems to be dragging into it from the outside, why is he bringing that into this fight? It was just a fight between two guys. There's nothing bigger. There's no like historical perspective or this it doesn't involve any of that. And when you start to do all that shit, it really 
it's not a turnoff. It's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Why? And some of these people's reactions to to what happened to Deontay Wilder, these fucking people that are just unhinged, like they're. This is the most like they couldn't take it. They were crying afterwards because this this fight meant so much on so many levels. It's just a boxing match, people. It's just a boxing match. It doesn't mean that much. This isn't Muhammad Ali against Joe Frazier when he dodged the draft and he's calling Joe Frazier and Uncle Tom. And there's in history at that time in history, there was a lot more that you could put into it that, you know, maybe that's maybe some of these outside things do come into play. But in this fight, there was none of that in the lead up. There was none of that. But why are you dragging it in now? It just seemed very fucking odd. I will say this. One thing that really got on my fucking nerves, and you mentioned it, was like this constant piling on. The guy lost his first fight. He said something really fucking stupid. Like, those excuses, the costume, the Anthony Durrell shit, the like, all of it is ridiculous. Like, you should have never, ever even approached saying any of that. But to come, from, come away with the conclusion from those statements to say, Deontay Wilder doesn't know how to take a loss like a man. Uh, let's walk that back a little bit because you're also talking about the same guy who really didn't want to quit in the ring. He wanted to continue taking a beating. I'm not going to sit here and question the guy's manhood because he made an excuse. It was stupid. I think he knows it was stupid now. You'll probably never hear something like that ever come out of his mouth again. But that's the first loss he took. Guys might be learning how to take a loss. I don't know. With that video that came out, I, I don't see where the end is. But, but to you know, when when is it gonna stop? What what why 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 would he stop with? Um, okay, I'm done now, guys. I mean, he he has gotten to the point where it's like he's playing to he's playing to his fan base with that video too, and some of those people that did come out unhinged and and make this fight something that it isn't. It, that that's the people that he's playing to. So I kind of get what he was doing there, but it just fucking came off all wrong. Uh, okay, so I, I also think here maybe, maybe just maybe, that's a little bit too much credit for him. And here's why. I, and I'm going to backpedal a little bit and go to the comments that Devin Haney made in the lead-up to this the zone card mm-hmm. where he talked about how everybody writes you off if you lose. Right. right. And my comment to that was, this is a kid that reads his comments on social media way too much. Oh, yeah. Because people think that, that Twitter and social media, is it, it has become a reality to people. Yeah. They have become, in their own minds, like their own reality show. They walk around in the re- real world, but there's a bubble around them that's a whole different world. Exactly. And so they see all the, all the comments, and the negative comments, and it's not even that many, but they stand out and they, they feel differently to them, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes, and, and, and Devin, what Devin Haney said there, to me, is what I'm reading from Deontay Wilder. This is a guy, in my opinion, that the way that he lost, yeah, he's tough as nails. Yes, he's a fighter. You know what I'm saying? His right hand is devastating. All these things are true. But also what is true, and it's clear to me, is that he is so utterly and unbelievably ashamed and embarrassed for the way that it went down. Oh, yeah. It was an embarrassing way to lose. He got pummeled from pillar to post. 
You know what I mean? And for a guy like Deontay Wilder who feeds into that that bronze bomber, bomb squad, alter ego, it's a realm where he doesn't have he can live and be whoever he wants in that realm. How many people do you see on Twitter in the boxing universe act a certain way and then when you meet them at a fight they're completely fucking different? Yeah. They they it is a shield, it is an avatar, it's a character where they can be all of the feelings that they have inside, they can wear them on the outside and create a character. Right. right? It's just like when you played Madden, right? And 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 you know, you draft your own team and you create your own player. Yeah, I'm not making my player on Madden five foot nine, two hundred and twenty five pounds with a beer belly. No. You know what I'm saying? Six three and four three forty. Ninety nine speed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so it, it, it's it's you you understand where I'm going? Oh, absolutely, with this, right? absolutely. So so to me, it's kind of like he is is grasping for he's he's grasping for the positivity, and there is a segment of people that are going to be behind Deontay, and they should be behind Deontay. Well, if that's your guy, that's your guy. I think it's I think it's kind of shitty just to like turn your back on somebody because of like something like dude. You know how many times I've embarrassed myself in front of in front of friends, in front of people I've never met before, back in the you know, doing just dumb shit, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has a moment that they're not proud of. So yeah, it would yeah, I, I wish that 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 people could have stuck by me. But some people, man, they show their true colors and they turn to and they, they, they take an opportunity when a man's down to fucking kick him. Yeah. To kick him. See, the way I look at it is is that you can you can have a fuck up and you can point that out. Right? right, it's good to take to have some culpability. It's good to to be able to recognize and learn from that kind of stuff. And you can say, "Dude, you got your ass whooped. Stop with the fucking excuses." That doesn't mean uh, like you're dead to me. Like I've always thought that Deontay Wilder's skills were overrated. That's not, I've been criticized since we started doing this podcast for calling him what he is as a fighter. Right, but you can also be along with a, being a limited fighter. You can also be the most devastating puncher in boxing. You can be all of these things. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And uh, you know, I just think at the end of the day, man, it just it went down this road, and there's just a the, a segment of the of the boxing population out there, man, that was just kicking this man so hard when he was down that I'm not surprised. Even you know, to me, it's a, it's a turn off, and it's like, man, come on, dude, let's just fucking you know, let's take some time and let's regroup or whatever. But uh, you know, like there's there's also people that that see that as an opportunity to just fucking just keep on climbing up to the top rope and jumping off and dropping the elbow and doing it again. Oh, let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. And it's it's it's. I mean, it just goes more to that group thing. Like somebody does it, then then somebody else does it, and everybody. It's like it grew to this thing where it was like, all right, people, we get it. Everybody gets it. We all know that was stupid. It was retarded. But let's not like the the. People were dwelling on it for fucking days and days and days and spending time redoing videos and making it's like everybody's ordering a 45 pound vest and like like and doing trials in it. Find something better to do with your life. Like you have too much time on your hands if that's what you're doing. I'm here to take Deontay Wilder and completely pick him apart. And show you why he is a he doesn't even exist. <sighs> Look, I'm gonna put it like this: When Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight again, because we just saw today that officially the rematch clause has been evoked a couple hours ago. It's it's official. Uh, I'm gonna be rooting for Deontay Wilder to win the next fight, just like I was in this fight. I don't give a fuck. 
He said something stupid. I leave it there. It's not like a if it was a pattern with the guy, if this was Adrian Broner and he kept bronering everything he ever does in his career, then okay, I get it. Kick the motherfucker all you want. But he hasn't. Just just let it be, okay? It's it's fine. It was fucking annoying. I was annoyed by it. Everybody was annoyed by it. Nobody hates the or nobody wants to hear excuses, but it is what it is. Let it go, people. Yeah. Let it go. I mean, Deontay Wilder's kind of a weird dude anyways. You know? Did you see the video? Yeah, the video was fucking He's weird. He clearly has bought into his own character. Yeah. He has become a caric- caricature of himself, and he's selling that in that video. But it was just the statements made in it were like, <laughs> I don't fucking... <laughs> I, I haven't watched the Black Panther, but that's like what I've envisioned is like, a spe- is this? Is he giving a speech to who are like to his people? What what is going on here? I'm one of your people. I, what, are, are you speaking to me? I don't think so. No, that's just what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean he's he's the king. He <laughs> he, he will uh, he will rise again. Yeah, a, that was a disturbing video. That's it was a, <laughs> just disturbing. I just chalk it up to this man. I just hope that boxing keeps delivering all of. Every aspect, every uh, possible, conceivable amalgamation of weirdness, strangeness, funny-ass fucking videos. I hope that Broner que- uh, keeps on you know, posting all these bizarre-ass posts on Instagram. I hope it never stops. I hope it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. I really do. I have fun with it. I, I don't get wrapped around the fucking axle about any of it. If you can't find a way to laugh at some of this shit or just brush it off and you got to get so fucking serious about it, Give me a break, man. Well, you mean you're not going to leave here and go home and 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 put on your detective hat and get your magnifying glass out and 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 unravel? Let me check. I got like Amazon delivery of my 45 pound vest coming. I'm going to do a demonstration video this week, Ken. Can I walk around for 30 minutes at work and perform my job to the peak of my abilities? We'll see. I've been wearing a weighted vest for the last six years. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't need to put on a 45-pound weighted vest. It'll fuck you up. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's move along. That's me. Let's okay? get past that. Let's keep boxing moving along. Um, fight announcement, uh, Regis Progray versus Maurice Hooker will take place April 17th at the MGM National Harbor here in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Um, I think that uh, just recently on one of the shows, when are we going to get a, a, a big fight? I know you're really excited about the James Kirkland fight that's coming up <laughs> yeah. in two weeks. And you know what? I would I would be there if it wasn't my son's first birthday. Uh, I'm, can I come to your son's first birthday party? <laughs> I'd rather be there. <laughs> oh, man. But, but the uh, spectacular, small but spectacular uh, uh, venue of, yeah. of the MGM National Harbor will play host to um it's a pretty good fight card but the um the main event and the co-main event of uh I already said Progray versus Hooker is the main event and Luke Campbell versus Javier Fortuna um for I guess this is the ninth or 10th time that the WBC lightweight title's been vacant in the last uh 6 months yeah right yeah um I just wonder if uh I I hope that the one that Devin Haney uh goes to bed with every night is is actually a replica or a 3D printed version, like you said, because he ain't giving that shit up. No. For, they're going to have to make a new one. He's walking around with that thing acting like it's, a, it's, it's real. He's still got it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know, I always wonder. I'm like, 
is the Stanley Cup that these guys are like freaking sticking their dicks in and you know like doing keg stands and you know eating cereal. You know somebody's of, taking a dump in that thing. Is it the real one? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's or, apparently there's two. I hope that's the fake one. Because if somebody took a shit in the trophy, I don't care if it's made of sterling silver or not. It ain't stainless steel. I guarantee you there's been something that's happened where somebody's won that trophy. They they give it to the next guy and they let him do the video where they're eating cereal out of it in bed. And they send him a fucking picture of the piss they took in it last week. Or a coiled up duke. I wouldn't even touch that fucking thing. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. I love it. Uh, but back to this this fight card we're excited about. Uh, right down the road from us, man, you got a uh, uh, a really good matchup in Regis Progray versus Maurice Hooker. Um, this thing has, uh, you know, some nice twists to it. Uh, I mean, the size difference between Hooker and Progray is real, man. Yeah. That's, I'll tell you one thing. I, I It's fine. I don't, I, it's a good fight, so I could really give a shit. But it's weird that it's at a catch weight. I guess both of these guys are eventually going to 147 anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, at least they're both not champions, and they're fighting at a catchweight. Yes. Like Garcia Peterson. That was, yeah, that's where I was going with this thing. Like, <laughs> I don't mind this fight being at 143 because it's fine. It's just a good fight. It's a good matchup. It's going to lead to something else, whether it be at welterweight or junior welterweight. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> but the fact that those two, yeah, we both have belts at 140, but let's fight this at 142-pound catchweight. Uh, that was the most frustrating, frustrating thing ever. You will not hear any frustration about a catchweight in this fight for me. It's a great style matchup. Um, I, th- I think he, I hear a lot of people saying Progray has the has the edge in this fight. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure about that. Um, and he's allowing Maurice Hooker to put on a couple pounds where clearly, as he's getting older, it's, it's harder for him to make 140 pounds. So that three pounds could be a major, major difference for him in this fight. And then the co-main, you got another good matchup. Fortuna brings it. Uh, Luke Campbell's just flawed enough to let Javier Fortuna have his moments in that fight. We're going to get two really, really good action-packed fights. It's been a long time since we've had that at MGM. This is the second best card we've ever had at MGM since it's opened. The first one was when we got Lomachenko, Usyk, and Vozdik all on the same card, which will never happen again. But this is the next best thing to it, and I haven't been this excited for a fight this close to here in a long time. Yeah, it's going to be good shit, man. There's a um, a lot of fights coming up in uh, you know the end of March, April, May, June. Like mm-hmm. you know that schedule is filling out real nice. It is. It is. Uh, the next couple weeks after this week will be uh, you know a little bit slow, but uh, you know. Like we were saying before, boxing always gives you uh, some some interesting things to talk about, and I think more than anything, um, there's going to be a lot of fight announcements coming up. You got Canelo is going to be announcing soon. Maybe. That'll that'll be in the next couple of days. We'll miss the boat on that one because we're out early. I again. bet you they announce it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, yep, yep. And it's going to be Billy Joe. It looks oh. like. Oh, really? That's a uh, wow. That's Intriguing a, stuff, huh? That's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, the announcement's going to catch me off guard. It's going to be a big surprise. Is it really? <laughs> I really hope it is a big surprise. I hope they catch everybody off guard, and it's somebody that you weren't even thinking about. You hope it's you. Everybody wants it to be Andre at 168. Like that's what everybody wants. That's, yeah, that's what we want to see. That's not going to happen. You know what? What fight would be fine for me? I know like casuals wouldn't be able to hang their hat on it because they don't know who he is. But I would like to just uh, just pull a wild card out 
and 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 do the Bivol fight at 175 pounds or at 168. Bivol said he can make 168 easily. Exactly. I mean, a belt wouldn't be on the line at 168. WBA regular belt. <laughs> um, you know, so at 175 he could go for Bivol's belt, but that would be a name as a diehard boxing fan. Like I could get down with that fight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just. You know, it's it's gotten to this point with Canelo where everybody just needs to get used to it. This is how it's going to be. He has fully, fully adopted the Floyd Mayweather uh, blueprint, game plan, whatever the fuck. Green print, as Floyd called it here recently. Oh. Well, green print, Ken. It's not a blueprint. It's a green print. Got it. Jay-Z's the blueprint. <laughs> exactly. Can't steal that. <laughs> LeBron probably stole it and trademarked it, though. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Fucking retard. Oh, man. You're going to be banished from the sports community for saying that about LeBron. Yeah. Uh, I won't get a job at ESPN. Uh, I don't think anybody was going to hire you there anyway. I don't think so either. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, that'll do it. Let's get out of here, bro. All right. We appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 264 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. If you have not subscribed to the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere you can get an audio podcast. And hit subscribe if you're watching us on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. If you're one of our longtime audio subscribers and you have not checked out the videos yet, drop by the Boxing Rant YouTube channel today. We appreciate all of the nice reviews everybody has left us. Um, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you have not left a review yet, uh, please do so. We appreciate it. Uh, follow us on all of our social media platforms at The Boxing Rant on Instagram and Facebook. Drop by the website, boxingpod.com. That's boxingpod.com. And follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. So until next week, we appreciate all of you tuning in to The Boxing Rant Podcast. Muchas gracias, everybody.